Welcome to The Big Cheese Show, your destination for fantasy sports domination. Now, here's your host, Chris The Big Chee Cheon. Welcome, everybody, to The Big Cheese Show, a WTOP fantasy sports experience. We talk betting. We talk to guys like Mark Wahlberg previewing Temptation Island, which is on tonight as well. But most of you listening are going to be tuning in to the Ravens and the Jets. That game tonight, coverage underway at 7.30. Going to be a cold night in Baltimore. One guy I know that will be in attendance at the game. Joining me here for a preview, Phil Backard, who is part of Elite Fantasy, SiriusXM, and Bros in Football, which Phil and I are on every single Sunday morning. Catch that show on Twitter. Phil has been absolutely crushing it from a DFS standpoint. Phil, what's good, brother? How you living? Big G, thank you for having me on, man. Excited. Absolutely, bro. Love talking to you. And we normally do talk football, obviously, but it's very topical here in Washington, D.C. I'm not going to ask you about the Clinton Portis situation because I think we all know that when the Department of Justice gets involved and you're off the field dealings, when it comes to your money, you're in some trouble. We're not legal experts. We won't talk about that so much. We are fans of baseball and we're fantasy baseball champs and Phil Anthony Rendon has been delivering for fantasy baseball owners for a lot of years and in this town Washington DC he has been loved now he is on the way to the Angels so my question to you is Phil in this era of pitching are the Angels building a team the right way with allocating so much money towards hitters and I don't think Otani is ever going to be an upper echelon starter. I think he's probably going to be more of a hitter. So they're great at hitting. Do they have enough pitching to contend in the AL West? Uh, They do not. Um, I still think Oakland and Houston are a step above them. Look, Anthony Rendon is probably a top five player in all baseball. So anytime you can get a player like that, you do it. I think this was their plan B. Obviously they wanted Garrett Cole. They know they need pitching. They traded for uh, Dylan Bundy a couple weeks ago, but we know he's more of a four and a five guy than a top of the rotation. But I think they even proved their team. Look, you get Anthony Rendon, you're a better baseball team. Now, are you a playoff team? I think that remains to be uh, seen. But to have him right behind Mike Trout, Otani, Upton, and then that left side of that infield with him at third and Andrew Fitzsimmons, I mean, that in itself is going to make the pitching staff a little bit better. But I think there's still pitchers out there they are going to go after. Dallas Keuchel would be a good fit. Maybe Madison Bumgarner as well. So I don't think they're done. You spend this kind of money. Obviously, you have Mike Trout in his prime. They're going to make more moves on the pitching side, even if it's a trade. Uh, they're not there yet, but this is a great start. And hell of a plan B, if you don't get uh, Garrett Cole, you still get one of the top players in baseball in Anthony Rendon. Yeah, what's crazy is that Josh Donaldson, who has been basically regarded as the replacement here for Anthony Rendon if he were to leave, and now he did, Donaldson's talking to the Rangers and the Braves now, so it is not a given that this town is going to be getting an adequate replacement immediately at third base. Yeah, this isn't like last year when uh, you let Bryce Harper go and you knew you had Robles and Juan Soto that can take over and be good players. Uh, this could be a huge hole to fill, but I think they also have to realize, we, you know, Nashville just spent a lot of money on Strasburg. They have a lot of money on Max Scherzer, and they're going to try to lock up Juan Soto. So, and then Trey Turner, too. So you can't pay everyone. And I think they're going to trust that they, uh, the drafting and that they still have enough pitching with Patrick Corbin also in that mix. To get by but this is a big loss for the nationals uh and it's gonna be tough to replace 
All right, let's shift gears to football, Phil. We've got uh, the Ravens taking on the New York Jets at M&T Bank Stadium tonight. Ravens 16.5-point favorites, Phil. I said this morning my prediction, Ravens 24, Jets 6, and I talked to you. You said you don't see how the Jets are going to put up any points here. So the spread... I hate taking this high of spreads in the NFL. I think a lot of betters do because history a lot of times is against you. I don't know the exact number, but it's something along close to 70%. If you're like a nine and a half point dog or, or bigger, you cover. Uh, but how are the Jets going to move the ball against this Ravens defense? It's going to be nearly impossible, Chi. And look, this spread opened up at what, 14, and now we're at 17. And just looking at the public, 54% are on the Ravens, so I think they're realizing this is a high spread. However, 67% of the money as of early afternoon uh, here on Thursday is on the Ravens. So the sharp money is coming on on the Ravens, even with that spread moving to 17. That's crazy to me, Chi. I see it. I, this is a game I would lay off because of that spread, and I would maybe do like a first half total or things like that, but – because uh, I can easily see a backdoor cover. But I think the Ravens do roll, and uh, it's going to be tough for Sam Darnold. He might be seeing ghosts again uh, tonight at M&T Bank Stadium. One thing I'm pondering, Phil, is teasing potentially the Ravens, maybe getting it down to nine and a half, ten, and then taking that along with a teased under because I said 24 to 6 so obviously I think this game goes under the 45 points now on the flip side of that I don't think this Jets defense is anything great by any means I mean you've got Jamal Adams who talks a lot and they've got a little bit of a pass rush but their linebackers have been subpar this year CJ Mosley hasn't played you and I called that for years he spends too much time partying in Canton and worrying about his play on the field I know that's maybe not fair but you know he's kind of proven our point this year with how he hasn't played um so how do you see this game even like do you see more of the Ravens performance against the Rams where they scored all those points or do you see it more or less being a slugfest in the under hitting Obviously, it's going to be cold, and I will say this. The one thing I need to see Lamar Jackson do is play the cold. I mean, all you have to do is go back to the playoff game, obviously, as a rookie. I'm not holding that against him, but it was cold. He struggled. He struggled in the rain against San Francisco, and he struggled last week throwing the football uh, as well to Buffalo. Now, Buffalo and 49ers, their defense is not even the same level as the Jets because the Jets' defense, as you mentioned, are not that good. So I do want to see that. But I could see this game being like the Bengals a few weeks ago where they got out on that lead and they kind of sat a little bit, but uh, Lamar sat in the fourth quarter. I could see RG3 playing tonight, G. I'm going with the under, and that's mainly because I don't think the Jets are going to score. I think the Ravens will score at will. Um, and so I'm taking the under on that, and I, I think that's to where I'm leading. So – couple game props I want to and also I do see myself taking the Jets under team total of 14 I, I don't see them getting two touchdowns here no doubt about it maybe a deep bomb from Darnold to Robbie Anderson that they get behind the secondary something like that but you're not wearing down this Ravens defense and making long drives you're going to need to rely on that Ryan Griffin who has been one of the safety valves for Sam Darnold out of this game um, you know, Le'Veon Bell coming back, but it just really hasn't worked this year. I almost feel like with Bilal Powell, it was just more comfortable. They knew what they were getting out of him, whereas Le'Veon Bell complaining about his workload. All right, we're going to give you the workload, but you're going to be behind a terrible offensive line. It's just 
It's not working. So under 14 for the Jets, you like a play like that? Uh, yeah, that's that's about right. Cause I, I would say they, I would have them around 13 points. So I think you have a little wiggle room right there for the under team total. Okay, so I get two game props that I want to talk about. Total quarterback sacks in this game. I see it five and a half. If you had to lean one way or another, which would you say? You think we're going to see more than five sacks tonight combined? I'm going under on this, Chi. And the Ravens, outside of that game against Houston, uh, where they had six sacks, they barely get three sacks a game. I mean, they put pressure on the team, on these quarterbacks, but they don't actually get to the quarterback. And so I could see them having right around three sacks, and I it would be tough for me to see the Jets then get three sacks on Lamar Jackson tonight. So I'm going under five and a half. Would you go under three and a half total field goals made? I know that's a little bit of a tougher one to predict, in my opinion, just because you don't know if a, a drive will stall out, something like that. But the Ravens, innovative team. They're not, I don't see, settling for a lot of field goals. I would lean under on this number, too. Yeah, I'm kind of with you doing that, Chi. Uh, on a cold night, man, you know that, that football is going to be hard to kick. So I think anything outside of a 40-yard field goal Teams are going to try to go for it on fourth down. We know the Ravens love going on fourth down, like you mentioned. And if the Jets are down, like we think the game flow is going to go, then they're not kicking field goals, you would imagine. So uh, three and a half under, I like that. You want a bold proclamation from me, Phil? This is my boldest I think I'm going all week, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing it early. If I'm a DeAndre Washington owner and I've got a flex spot and my choices are between DeAndre Washington and Le'Veon Bell, I am keeping Le'Veon Bell on my bench, and I'm putting DeAndre Washington in there. And if, in fact, Josh Jacobs is 100% and he is good to go, well, then I'll find somebody else that's on my bench to fill in that flex spot. But to me, I'm not comfortable playing Le'Veon Bell in fantasy this week. I'd rather play even Miles Sanders over Bell against the Redskins, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, guys like this – Le'Veon Bell, do you see any sort of path for him to delivering for his fantasy owners tonight? All right, so he has not had 70 rushing yards. He's only had it once this season, right? And it's happened in week seven. So since week seven, he has not had 70, and he's only had it for uh, once this entire season. He will be involved in the passing game. I'm not going to deny that. But if you look at his prop tonight, he has over under a set at 33 receiving yards with the juice on the under, minus 121. So uh, I think they, I think Vegas is realizing that Le'Veon Bell and this offense is not going to do anything like we keep mentioning. So in playoff time, man, I, I'm not playing Le'Veon Bell. I'm just not against this defense. And they've been they've been hit on the stretch runs uh, so far the last couple of weeks. You saw with Mostert against the 49ers, Singletary had success last week. But I think those guys are faster than Bell, and it's going to be tough for him to get to the edge. All right, so I don't think I would feel comfortable literally recommending a single wide receiver on either's team to play in your semifinal matchup to go to fantasy playoffs, right? I mean, I understand if you're desperate, maybe Rob, I, I mentioned Robbie Anderson, maybe there's a shot he goes deep, but like Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Hollywood Brown, I, I couldn't justify playing any of these guys, right? No, I think if you're going anywhere, you're... Hey, Mark Andrews. You're, but you're monitoring his status. Gee, I, they claim he's going to play, but he was a limited participant all Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and they were walkthroughs. At least Lamar Jackson was a, a full participant on Wednesday. 
even if he drafts his I'm Leary, man, I kind of like Hayden Hurst tonight. And if, if DraftKings formats, he's extremely cheap. I think it, they may dress Andrews as a decoy. I just don't see how relevant he's going to be tonight with that injury that thigh bruise. You know you have extra rest after tonight. You know you have two capable tight ends and Nick Boyle and Hayden Hurst that could fill in for him. So I would – the problem is tight end position is so bad in fantasy football that if he plays, you're going to have to gut it out and just hope that he gets a touchdown for you. But I'm not that confident in him in uh, DFS formats tonight. So glad you mentioned DraftKings. We're going to transition to that format because I think I'm already switching out my main lineup. Do want to mention that the Big Cheese Show sponsored by Driscoll and D. Simone LLC CPAs in the Mid-Atlantic can take care of you with premium accounting, financial services, tax, business consulting, whether or not. You are doing great right now. Doesn't matter. You got to look ahead to your future, and Driscoll and D. Simone will help you out with that. Check out their website, DriscollDSimone.com. Phil DraftKings, as I mentioned, I have Nick Boyle in. And the reason I did, he saw 90% of snaps last week, but you're saying you'd rather go Hayden Hurst? Can you play both? If or, or, nah, we wouldn't want to play both. So here, right? this, is, this is my logic behind this. Ronnie Stanley's not playing tonight. He has a concussion. So James Hurst is going to be a left tackle, and Raven fans know all about James Hurst. He's the reason Joe Flacco blew out his ACL a couple years ago. I think they're going to use a lot of help. That's going to be Pat Ricard, and Nick Boyle is the blocking tight end. And I think Nick Boyle is going to be used as the chip on the defensive end to give Hurst, uh, James Hurst help so there's enough time for Lamar to throw the football, which will open up Hayden Hurst running – uh, routes tonight that is how I see this game plan going um, hopefully I'm right on that and because of that I'm leaning Hayden Hurst as a nice cheap optional DraftKings um, and then obviously Lamar as a captain you can never go wrong with that I think Ravens defense we keep mentioning we don't think the Jets are going to move the ball so I think they get a couple interceptions get a couple sacks we've seen them take the, these turnovers to the house so I don't mind them as a captain either so if I'm picking a pass catcher tonight, I'm going Hayden Hurst, and I'm, that's where I'm leading. Yeah, I've got Lamar in the captain spot, too. I've got Mark Ingram. I've got the Ravens defense. I've got Justin Tucker. So that kind of – I don't hate Gus Edwards tonight either, man, especially if this game gets away. We know Gus Edwards comes in uh, sometimes inside the 10-yard line. He gets some carries as well to give Ingram a breather. So I don't mind Gus Edwards as a nice GPP flyer. The Jets offense is the guys where it's going to be tough because Jameson Crowder might get some catches. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is going to touch the ball the most. So if you want to go that route, but obviously he's not cheap. Um, but, yeah, because you have to play someone on the Jets. I'm loading up on the Ravens and it's figuring out what Jet player I think can at least do something, and that's Jameson Crowder in my mind and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I just pivoted, actually, from Mark Ingram to Gus Edwards, and that allows you to get Le'Veon Bell in and leave yourself 900 extra dollars with Lamar Jackson as the captain. It never feels good fading Mark Ingram because we talked about it, what, not even less than a week ago. He's got two touchdown upside, and he can have that. He could score three tonight against his Jets, so I don't feel exactly comfortable with it, but... Sounds like you're going to have Ravens exposure. You're going to have Justin Tucker exposure. You're going to have Lamar as your captain. That kind of sounds like the, the main core of your build. Yeah, I mean, because when you do these showdowns, you have to 
picture the game flow. I mean, yep. I, that's the advice I would give people is, hey, when you're making these lineups, how do you think the game's going to go? If you think it's going to be high scoring, then obviously you want both teams on uh, – guys on both uh, teams in your lineup. If you think it's going to be a blowout, and you saw it with what, that Thursday night game with the Cowboys-Bears, that press guy got the points late. So if you think that's the type of game flow that, hey, maybe in the fourth quarter Sam Darnold – gets that cheap touchdown and gets that backdoor cover, then maybe you go that route if you think he's going to throw to Robbie Anderson. I think in the end, it's just a struggle, and the Ravens get the lead and they run the ball. Lamar is dealing with that leg injury. I think they want this break coming against that rematch next week against the uh, Browns. So I have a feeling that they get ahead, and then they hand the ball to Mark Ingram. They hand the ball off to uh, Gus Edwards a lot tonight. There you have it, Phil Backer joining today from Elite Fantasy Bros and Football Sirius XM Fantasy. Uh, U- Utah Street Report, Phil. I mean, absolutely getting it done in the city of Baltimore. And you and I are going to dominate Fell's Point Friday night for any listeners of the Big Cheese Show. If you want to meet Phil Backer, you got to go to the horse Friday night. I'd imagine this well, this guy will be sitting up on his perch just Dishing out fantasy information to the masses like he's doing right now. Phil, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, Chief. Thanks, bro. All right, next up on the Big Cheese Show, Mark Wahlberg. He is the host of Temptation Island season finale tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern time on USA Network. I conversated with Mark a little bit about the show and some of his experiences over the years as a host. Take a listen. Mark, good to talk to you today. I remember you from back in 2001. I'm a little starstruck. I watched Temptation Island. I thought you had the coolest job ever. I remember the young lady with the orange cornrows. Mandy Lauderdale. She was. Uh, she launched that show. I think she was. She was the whole reason that show was a hit. And it's still a hit. Now we come to a dramatic season two finale tonight. Mark, the question I have for you. In this day and age of technology and evolving relationships, what's the major difference you see between couples and interactions between males and females on the show now compared to 2001? I think the concept remains the same, but it's more relative now, uh, relevant now, excuse me, because, you know, back in the day, temptation was something that people dealt with, but now... You open up your smartphone and go to Instagram, and it's everybody you've ever met and people you haven't met in their best filter doing the best they can to be tempting. So the immediacy of uh, social media has made this show, I think, a lot more relevant. Now, for those who may have not been watching the rest of this season but do want to watch the season finale, what are some of these storylines going on right now that you can break down? Well, you've got four couples. For those that don't know what the show is, there's four couples who've been in long-term relationships who have then come to the island and decided to uh, uh, be single again and date other people. So now what you find is that they haven't seen each other for 30 days, and now they're going to sit down at the bonfire and decide if they want to stay together or not. So you've got Ashley G. and her boyfriend Rick, and Ashley has already – stepped out on this and had a sexual relationship with somebody on the island and now trying to come back from that. So we don't know if Rick is going to take her back or how that's going to go. Ashley H. seems to have fallen in love with with Ben, one of the singles, but her boyfriend is still holding it out for her and has. Uh, we know that he's bought a ring, so he wants to try to sway her at the final bonfire. Um, let's see, Gavin and Sonic. Sonic has been spending a lot of time with one of the singles, and Gavin is – hoping that she has not uh, changed her mind about him. And uh, let's see, who did I leave off the – oh, David and Kate. So David has been with 
several girls and now seems to be very much into this woman, Tanita. And uh, let's see if Kate has the strength to tell her, tell him how she really feels. So that that was enough. I think that's everybody. Now, I remember watching you with some of my fraternity brothers back when you did Jimmy Tatro, Tatro's West Coast Report, The Intervention. What was it like working with him? He is a wildly talented guy, really funny. Well, here's how that goes down. Jimmy and, Jimmy and my son are really, really good friends from high school. So during high school, Jimmy and my son Morgan and a couple other guys, this, this crew of theirs, used to hang out at my house just all the time. And then Jimmy would, you know, when everybody would fall asleep, he'd be walking around the house shooting some sort of silly video. So when he went off to college and did that first frat life video that kind of put him on the map, we were all like, well, this is perfect. This is so typical of Jimmy. And, uh, of course, I did anything I could to support him, and he had me be in a couple of his videos. But uh, I have to tell you that he is a – he's a Jimmy Tatro is a lesson in you, you go viral – People catch on to you, and they love you, but then if you don't bring it, it doesn't last. But he was able to put new material out every week and continues to do so, and now he's a big movie star. That was Mark Wahlberg joining the show, host of Temptation Island, joining me for a couple minutes here on the Big Cheese Show. Hey, you need something to watch? Switch over to during tonight's Ravens-Jets game. Something to DVR to watch on Friday over the weekend. It's on 10 p.m. Eastern Time, USA Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Big Cheese Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, please, please, please like, subscribe, comment. Really appreciate it. Let's dominate in week 15. Big Cheese out. Thanks for listening.